Hey, good evening. My name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here at Plaza, and thank you so much for joining us here for our Christmas Eve services. Man, we feel so privileged and blessed that you would take some time out of your schedule and join us. And so as we prepare um, uh, for this time, we're going to look at one scripture in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter. Now, it's just one small scripture, and we'll be looking at that uh, today. And as we navigate this season here, everyone is, uh, you know, just thinking about gifts. I'm thinking about gifts. You're thinking about gifts. And I just um, wonder if you've seen some of these commercials, because I'm a, I'm a uh, big extravagant gift giver, and um, I, I love to get a big Christmas gift. I love to get something exciting. I love to get something perhaps my wife or my kids aren't expecting, and um, that's a fun thing. And some people say, "Is is Christmas really all about gifts?" Well, I can tell you this: it is all about a gift. And the title of today's message is an indescribable gift. An indescribable gift. I don't know if you've seen these commercials, right? I've seen these commercials maybe for a Lexus or Mercedes Benz, and it shows this perfect family, right? And um, and they are getting up on Christmas morning, opening their presents. They've opened up all the presents, and the little boy, maybe uh, the son, has got a remote control race car, and he takes it outside to race it around the driveway, and the dad's out there helping them, and the mom is just at the door watching, you know, just blissfully and enjoying. And, and the little boy drives the race car around the 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 driveway there, and then and then hits the garage door. Y'all know what commercial uh, I'm talking about here? And it hits the commercial, and, and he keeps bumping into the garage door. And he's like, hey, Mom, can you open the garage door for me? And, of course, the mom just happens to be standing at the door uh, for some reason holding the garage door opener. I don't know why. And she opens up the garage, and, and, and up goes the garage, and inside the garage is a brand-new Lexus, right? Bow, red bow on top. You know, just, just looking perfect, right, as we think about, you know, a gift that is too wonderful for words. Or uh, maybe another one I, I saw is, uh, you know, the guy's got this uh, beautiful perfect behaving golden retriever and um and he's woken up and made breakfast Christmas morning and you know I I guess there are no kids in the house just the golden retriever and uh and he gives the golden retriever this this key you know the key to the new car and um or or maybe he got a diamond from Zales or K Jewelers or something like that and he and and he puts it in the the golden retriever's mouth right and the golden retriever goes up the stairs and, and nudges the wife, still just blissfully sleeping with perfect hair and makeup on. And, um, you know, it nudges her and, and, you know, she sees the car keys and she's like, oh, oh, wow, thank you, thank you. You know, and, and, uh, and the world loves to tell us about a gift that is, you know, too wonderful for words, too uh, indescribable. And I don't know about you, but um, the cynicism kind of rises up in me when I see those commercials, right? Because I'm like, yeah, that, that never happens. You know, if, if I did that, um, I, I would get the one lemon that, uh, that, that the car company makes, right? You know, they, they make all the great cars. And, or if I did that and I had, you know, the, the remote control and uh, the remote control would go up. And then if it was my luck, the, the garage door wouldn't open. It would go, and it would stop halfway, you know. Uh, or I would open up the garage and there would be the 20 years of stuff that we still have collected. There's no room to put a car in the garage, you know. Or, or giving it to the little dog. And, um, and, and with my luck, he would swallow the key you know, on the way up the steps or something like that. And, um, you know, and no one tells you about the maintenance schedule or, you know, um, the things that it doesn't include in the free oil changes for life, that sort of thing. Uh, but I have good news. If you're looking for a gift that is really and truly too wonderful for words, there is one. 
There is good news. And that's what Christmas really is all about. The day when God gave the world, every single human being that would receive it, a truly indescribable gift. I want to share with you this uh, passage from 2 Corinthians. And Paul is writing and he spends most of his time in the book of 2 Corinthians, especially in the latter chapters, talking about giving. And he's talking to the churches about giving and offerings and stewardship. And, and he's talking to them uh, about how they can help other people and how they can be sacrificially given. He talks about this one church that even gives out of their extreme poverty. And so he's telling them about giving, but then he points them to something higher. He points them to the reason for their giving. And he points them to this verse, just kind of tucked in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. And it says this, I'll read it to you. Thanks be to God for his what? Indescribable gift. Go ahead and put that in the chat, if you will. Put there's an indescribable gift, indescribable gift. If you're like me, you probably have trouble spelling indescribable as you're typing. And that's okay. Let autocorrect do its job. Indescribable gift. Go ahead and fill up the chat. There is an indescribable gift. Thanks Be to God for his indescribable gift. What gift is that? It's the gift of Jesus to the world. And this is beyond description. In fact, it's interesting when we look at that word indescribable in uh, the, the Greek and we think about that verse there, indescribable gift in 2 Corinthians 9, 15. The, the word indescribable is not used anywhere else in the New Testament. Um, It's not used anywhere else in the Old Testament. It's almost like Paul created this phrase or coined this phrase, like God gave him this unique phrase. It's not used anywhere else. Typically, when you study the Bible, what you look for is, you know, how is this phrase used in other passages? And then you can kind of get a more fuller and in-depth meaning. Or how how else is it used in other Greek uh, literature? And it gives you this idea and a better picture of how things are, uh, how this word rather is to be used. And, uh, but here we just have this one instance, and I think that's kind of appropriate for this gift, is that there was no word they could really truly uh, describe Jesus Christ. There is immensity in this word. It's larger than life. The word is transcendent. The gift of God is transcendent. It goes beyond what you or I could ever imagine. Now, some people say, I don't, I don't really, I've heard this story about Jesus, and I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk, but, you know, um, people say, oh, what is the big deal? Or even some people who are Christians, you know, what, what really is the big deal about sending Jesus to the earth? Uh, what, why is that so special? Why is that an indescribable gift? Well, as one person, it has been well written, uh, has said this, that if the world, um, you know, uh, needed better education because, see, we all understand that there are problems in our world and everyone is trying to solve the problems. Government are telling us what our problems are. The average person is telling us what the problems are. If you look at um, bumper stickers, right, if you drive around and see bumper stickers, we see and and you're telling uh, people what the problems are. There's injustice, uh, there's corruption, uh, there's racism, there's political liberalism, there's political conservatism. These are all the problems people's bumper stickers are shouting to us the problems in the world and um, what is the solution? Because we would all agree this world as our series title that we've been talking about, if you're just joining us, it's, it's called In the Dark Streets uh, Shineth. And it's this phrase from the song, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And it's that reminder that we are in some dark streets. It has been a dark year. But even outside of 2020, 
man, there, there is darkness all around our world. And so what is the solution? And as I was saying just a moment ago, if, if God, uh, if, if what humans needed was a simply better education, and that is what would fix all of our world problems, well, then God would have sent us a teacher. But he hasn't sent us a teacher. If, if what we needed was just uh, more money and, and wealth distributed uh, in more ways, God would have sent us a businessman or an economist or a philanthropist if that's what would have solved all of our problems. But you see, God didn't send us an economist or a businessman or woman. He sent us a savior, an indescribable gift. If uh, what the world needed was simply better leaders and better government, God would have sent us a politician. And can I get an amen in the chat for the fact that he didn't send us a politician? Amen. And so, you know, here is what he sent us. He sent us the Christ child because the greatest problem in our world the greatest problem in my life and in your life and in our community is our sin and our rebellion against God Um, that is the greatest problem in the world one of the old brilliant um, English writers that was G.K. Chesterton his uh, local newspaper contacted some of the best writers of uh, his era and they said would you please write us an essay about the problems plaguing modern, you know, at that time, this is, you know, early 1900s, you know, at that time, London, England, you know, what are the problems going on? And uh, and so could you please, with your eloquence, sirs, uh, write an essay, and we'd like to publish them in our newspaper. And and G.K. Chesterton uh, wrote back, not an essay, but he simply wrote back one phrase. He wrote this phrase, dear sirs, if you want to know what is wrong with our world today, I am. And that was it. Folded up the letter and sent it to him. And they were hoping for this bit because he was such an eloquent writer, but he cut right to the chase. Well, the problem with our society, the problem with all of us is that sin has run rampant. And when you have billions and billions of people whose hearts are filled with sin, well, then we have a world that is filled with sin. And so God sent a rescuer, a savior, the one who would redeem us and make us brand new. That's the promise of Christmas is that we get a gift that makes us new on the inside. We get the light of the world that comes in and lights our darkened hearts. And it's an indescribable, indescribable gift. I don't know about you, but as I think about all of the things of history, um, none of them could be called indescribable. You can think about creation, God speaking the world into existence with just words and out of nothing. He created matter and the cosmos and stars and nebula and planets and oceans and mountains and rivers and, and, and you know, blue whales and tiger sharks and uh, amoebas. God created all those things. Creation was phenomenal. But the Bible doesn't say it was indescribable. It says only one gift was indescribable. You could think about Moses. You remember Moses leading the children of Israel, those captives. Um, they were in slavery and he led them out of slavery and he stood up against the wicked Pharaoh and the plagues came. Man, that was fantastic. But the Bible doesn't say that was indescribable. I think about those same children of Israel uh, crossing the Red Sea and God parting the Red Sea. So there's walls of water on each side and these people crossing the middle of the sea on dry land. And that was magnificent. But the Bible doesn't say that was indescribable. It says one gift was indescribable and that's Jesus 
Christ. I think about the tabernacle, uh, the, uh, the, the, the place where the ancient Jews worshipped. They built this huge, beautiful, intricate tapestries of all different colors and uh, amazing, ornate patterns. Man, the tabernacle was amazing, but it wasn't indescribable. I can think about the, the, the temple that was built underneath King Solomon with its amazing pillars and, and gold-laden walls and, and, and the beautiful artwork and you know, uh, sculptures that were all part of the temple. That was impressive, man, but it wasn't, according to the Bible, indescribable like the gift of Christ. I can think about little David, teenage, maybe preteen David, scrawny little David, walking up to this giant named Goliath and taking on the, the nine foot tall giant with just a sling and five smooth stones. Man, that was amazing, but it wasn't indescribable. I think about the prophecies of Daniel in the Bible where he he predicts these things that will happen with remarkable accuracy. And some of them are are even quite strange, you know, uh, know, uh, a a rock and uh, these things and and a figure with ten horns. And there are some uh, mind-boggling prophecies that Daniel gave. But the Bible doesn't say that they were indescribable. No, there is one gift that is indescribable, and it's Jesus Christ. It's a gift that we don't have words for, too great for words. It is Jesus Christ. It's the only gift that is called indescribable. We love to use the word awesome, right? But I just want to remind us all that only God is truly awesome, and His Son is indescribable. Different biblical scholars have described this phrase here in 2 Corinthians 9 this way. Uh, Kenneth Weiss said it is the ineffable gift Uh, The Living Bible says, it's the gift too wonderful for words. The Amplified Bible says, it's the gift that is precious beyond telling. A.T. Robinson says, it is wonder beyond description. Another person said, it is incapable of description with speech. All trying to describe the indescribable, right? And that's the temptation for preachers like me, is that we're going to try to describe the indescribable, even though God has uh, told us it is not. Then perhaps known as the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, said it like this, and I'll quote from him a long quote. He says, well, to begin with, no man can doctrinally lay down the whole meaning of the gift of Christ to men. The church has long produced thoughtful scholars who were called divines, or they may have been described as eminent theologians. And from these great teachers, we have no doubt received much help in the exposition of the word of God. And yet if we put all these teachers together and pile them up, and and they were to uh, unfold the entire meaning of the gift of the Son of God to men, oh no, they couldn't do it. The devout and studious have themselves cried out, oh, the depths, but they have not pretended to fathom the abyss of mystery. Man, the abyss, you know what an abyss is? Like this unending hole, the abyss of mystery in, in, in God. Instead of asking human beings who have failed to keep our word, who have lied and turned our backs on God, instead of uh, punishing us, he sent Jesus to pay the penalty for my sins and for your sins. This is truly an indescribable gift. But see, a lot of people think that, hey, well, if, if I want this gift, you know, 
pastor, that's for the religious people, or that gift is for the nice people or the good people. I think you have completely misunderstood Christianity. In fact, the words of Jesus, Jesus would say, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Paul, the same writer who wrote this verse, says that Jesus came to seek um, you know, he came for sinners and he said, of whom I am chief. But Jesus Christ came to save or rescue sinners. And so Jesus and the gift of Christmas is not reserved for the spiritually elite. It's not merit. It's not a reward for something you have done. He came because we were all mess ups. He came because we were all failures. And he welcomes all of us at his table. He welcomes all of us to come receive the gift of Christ. In fact, if we think about the birth of Christ, you think about Mary and Joseph, right? And Jesus, the Christ child in the manger. And you think about the characters that came to meet him. Were there any religious characters that came? As you think through this, right, the shepherds came. And as we heard just uh, the other week, the shepherds were, were not looked upon very highly in society. The shepherds came. Uh, Jesus wasn't born to a priestly family. He was born to a carpenter and a young girl of not any noble stature, an average family. You know, the priests and the Levites and the religious folk knew that the Christ child had come. In fact, the, the wise men, the magi who came from the east, wherever they came from, and they weren't necessarily religious They came and they asked the religious folks, hey, where is this Christ child? And they knew where he was, but the religious folks missed out on the the Messiah and the whole place. Not one priest, not one Levite, not one scribe or Pharisee or Sadducee, not one religious person came. They didn't have room for Christ in their lives. And so Christ came for the broken, for the mess ups, for the failures, for the have nots. The religious folks who think they're too good, they got passed by often by Christ. Because he came for those who willingly admit that they need his salvation. And so a lot of us need to be reminded that all you have to do is just receive this gift. Receive the gift. It's a free gift. Just like these gifts here. And, and just like you would give gifts to your family members. You don't require them to pay for their gifts, do you? It, it, it really ruins the, the point of having a gift. And someone says, well, do I have to bring anything to God? Uh, Is there anything I can give to God here on this Christmas? Yeah, you could give yourself. That's really all that God wants. He wants your heart. He wants you. He wants a relationship with you. That's what you could bring to him is just your heart and your life. I heard an interesting story I want to share with you. I think to really close and sum up this section here. It's about two Americans that answered an invitation from the Russian Department of Education back in the 1990s. They had been invited to come teach morals and ethics from a biblical worldview to those in Russia. They were invited to come and teach at prisons and businesses and the schools and even in a large orphanage. As the holiday season neared, uh, they went to the large orphanage and the orphans were told the Christmas story. And most of the orphans had never been told the Christmas story in this former, you know, communist country. And, um, and they were hearing it for the very first time. They heard about Mary and Joseph having to get uh, their plans changed because of the census. And, uh, and they heard about, you know, them going to Bethlehem and there being no room in the end. And, um, and that they had to put Jesus in this manger. 
The children listened with amazement, almost on the edge of their seats as they had never heard this before, as they tried to grasp every word that uh, these missionaries were telling them. Then as a follow-up activity, uh, they wanted to give them a little craft to make. Each child was given three small pieces of cardboard to make a very crude manger. They also received a small paper square cut from yellow napkins. And they were to lay this in the manger to represent the straw. There was no colored paper in the entire city there. And then small squares of flannel that were from a discarded nightgown were used for the baby's blanket. And then each of the children were given one tiny strip of felt, a tan felt. And that was to represent the Christ child, the little doll-like baby. And so as the children were busy uh, creating their crafts, uh, these missionaries made their way around the room and they stopped by one boy. He said, all went well until I got to the table where one six-year-old sat named Misha. He appeared to have finished his project. And the man said, as I looked at the little boy's manger, I was startled to see not one baby, but two babies in the manger. So quickly, I called the interpreter over to uh, help me discern what had happened here and why there were two babies. And so Misha began to describe the Christmas story very accurately. And he told about uh, Mary and Joseph coming, and he told it with quite vivid details. But then Misha started to ad-lib and add his own elements to the story. And he says this, he says, And when Maria laid the baby in the manger, Maria being the way they would say Mary, The little boy said, then Jesus spoke to me, Misha. And Jesus looked at me and asked if I had any place to stay. And I, Misha, told him, I have no mama. I have no papa. I have no place to stay. Then Jesus looked at me and he told me, Misha. He said, I could stay with him. Then I felt bad. I told him, I can't stay with you, Jesus, because I have no gift to bring like those wise men. But I wanted to stay with Jesus so much. So I thought about what I could maybe give him for a gift. But then I asked Jesus, and I said, Jesus, if I kept him warm, would that be a gift good enough for you? Then Jesus looked at me and told me, he said, if you keep me warm, that would be the best gift anybody ever gave me. And so I got into the manger and then Jesus looked at me and told him, told me that I could stay with him forever. This little Misha then put his hand over his head. He began to cry. He began to weep. His shoulders shook as he sobbed. God is reminding us through this little simple story of Misha. God is reminding each of us. He's calling us to get into the manger with him. All God wants from you is your heart. There are two babies in there because God wants us to be in a relationship with him. God wants us to be close to him. And so if you're here watching this tonight and you've never had the opportunity to receive Christ as your personal savior, again, not Jesus and the gift of Christmas for good people, but Jesus given as a gift for all of us who have messed up. We'd love for you to pray with us. Uh, We'd love for you to know that Christ is calling you to a relationship with him. We'd love for you to prepare some room in your own heart. You say, Pastor, how can I do that? How can I receive that gift? Again, it's as simple as receiving any other gift. You take it and you make it yours. You open the gift 
and you bring it close to you. We'd love to help you with that. You could uh, receive Christ and begin a personal relationship simply by praying. You could pray this simple prayer uh, right here with me. If that's you, I'd love for you to pray with me. You could bow your head and close your eyes and you could repeat these words. Maybe they would express your heart. You may want to say something like this to God. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, let's go ahead. If the Lord is leading you, repeat this. I admit that I've sinned against you. I admit that I've sinned against you. God, I'm sorry for my sins. God, I'm sorry for my sins. And I want to live with you forever. God, I want to live for you forever. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose again on the third day. I believe you rose again on the third day. Help me, Jesus, to follow you all the days of my life. Help me, Jesus, to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, there'll be a notification in the chat. Love for you to let us know. Uh, go ahead and click that button there. There'll be a connection card you could fill out. And uh, we'd love for you to, um, what we'd love to do is just really connect with you as a church family. The Bible says, man, we need uh, the body of Christ to help us grow. Just like little Misha needing to belong to a family. We belong to God's family and he receives us. And he says, you can live with him forever. We have hundreds of thousands of brothers and sisters in Christ that we belong to now. And so we would love to walk alongside you and help you grow in your faith and make this the best Christmas ever and talk with you about your next steps, about baptism, uh, where you publicly identify and, and let people know, man, I am a Christian now and i uh, love for you to follow up with that. We're going to sing another song now called Prepare Him Room. And this is an opportunity even for you to sing and reflect right where you are, uh, just about your own heart, man. Have you prepared room in your heart for Christ. And so we're going to worship together and then we'll come back uh, to close out our service.